listener exclusive. Little floating up in David, dreaming about a premiership cup. We love our clubs, but they never win. Two flags in 100 years. The shit house, if you think we'll be insightful, clever or just well researched. We're here to say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. It is a Monday, May 30th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And look, we complain a lot about the footy. Us fans, we're very spoiled. We're very entitled, Will. But i got to say, that round 11 was fantastic. Started great, ended great. There was some controversy in the middle, some terrible haircuts. There's a lot to talk about. But let's start at the beginning, uh, the Swans v Tigers. Mm-hmm. What a ripper. What an absolute spellbinding game with a fantastic ending. Did you get to see much of it or any of it? I got to see all of it. Now, I told you when we were doing our Instagram tips that, uh, because we did them on Friday, uh, which was normally we try to do them on a Thursday. It was a Friday. I'd forgotten that we were doing them. (laughs) And you actually reminded me that this match was on. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm actually alone tonight in the house. I can watch this game. And all season, I've been like doing that thing of just going, I'm not really back into footy yet. I just haven't had the time. Like I've dipped my toe in occasionally, but I don't really feel like... I've been enjoying talking about the game and knowing what's going on in the game, but I haven't really felt compelled to watch a game. And then I sat down and watched that game. And all I could think was, how fucking good is footy? (laughs) I'm going to watch every single game of football this weekend. That is Suddenly I'm mad that there's like games on at the same time. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. I just want to watch footy nonstop. That was such an entertaining game of football. Like, I mean, the swings and the roundabouts of it, the skills on either side, the fact that like at different stages in the game, the superstars from either side were playing like magnificently there was an old school sort of like well what looked like a punch in the face at the start like yeah. it turned out wasn't really like but it did look i mean if that was that's the sort of punch that if like will smith had landed that on chris rock everyone would have been like oh okay it that looked really convincing but in slow motion you can see that he's kind <laughs> of only just slapped him with an open palm you know what i mean like he barely got him it's okay yeah but, um I, I, think issue- Trent Koch, I think Trent Cochin in that moment, because I think Buddy gets a, a Trent Cochin discount, which is you're allowed like one week less for hitting Trent Cochin. <laughs> <right? laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, we get it. We understand. Even Trent gets it. That's what I like. And Trent won me back a bit because I've, I've been going off of Trent a little bit with his new way of playing that seems a bit, you know, snarky and dirty and whatever. But on Friday night, I loved it. I thought him, like, I thought he was so courageous. Like, he was that classic thing of, yes, I'm not at the peak of what I used to be, but I've found another way to be entirely useful to this game. And the fact that he goaded Buddy enough to, like, punch him in the face, even if it was an open hand punch in the face, was, I was like, yeah, okay, Trent. Like, I, I like what you're doing here. But it also fired up Buddy in that moment. Because Buddy was doing nothing until he punched Trent in the face. And then he was like, oh, shit, I'm going to have next week off. I better do something really good in the meantime so everyone's not mad at me. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that punch to the face was one yeah. thing. But then in the last quarter, do you remember that moment where Buddy was charging out across the 50 and just Cochin got in his way and got absolutely smashed, spun 360 and got up. Like, here's the thing about Trent Cochin. You and I agree. Like, yeah, he's definitely, as he's slowed down, he's definitely got a lot more snarky, a bit more snipery. And I said something like that on Twitter. I was like, you know, the joke about, yeah, you know, no one should get suspended for, for hitting Trent Cochin. It's fair to say, Tigers fans, <laughs> do not appreciate that. Like, I know when Stephen Milne yeah. played for St Kilda, I got it. I love Stephen Milne playing for us, but I also got that he's incredibly annoying and gets yeah. under your skin and does, like, nasty shit all the time. Yeah. But Tigers when, when, fans... When Libba, when Libba won the Brownlow, I wasn't pretending that Libba didn't pinch people. <laughs> <laughs> Because I got like that 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 one tweet, I got I think three hundred, almost four hundred wow. likes, which for me is is like a pretty good response. Good. But a lot of salty, salty mm. Tigers fans who immediately jumped into my mentions as like someone they didn't know, they don't listen to the yeah. podcast, is like, "Fuck you, he's a triple premiership captain." I'm like, "Yeah, I know that." The two things aren't mutually exclusive. You can be a triple premiership captain who also likes to slip elbows and punches in left, right, and center, and then supporters from other clubs started posting clips of everything Trent Cotchin has done over the last five years. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he gets away with a lot of shit, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got a timeline. Yeah. Like, certainly, you know, if you went down into the AFL investigator's office and they had the various incidents on the wall with little bits of red string between them, you'd be like, I can see you mounting a case here. <laughs> I feel like you've got a pretty solid. Um, but what I loved was, I think that Trent in that moment, like saved Buddy from like it being two or three weeks because he just Laughed it didn't off. go down. And and I think yeah. we can take that all the way back to Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock <laughs> has saved Buddy at least a week <laughs> or two there because if Chris Rock did not go down, then Trent can't go down in that, that occasion. You've got to at least be as brave as Chris Rock was. Well, the uh, game finished in a bit of controversy. Uh, here's, have a listen to uh, what was going on in the commentary box after the final siren. So hot topic. Yeah. Should it have been 50, Will? Well, I love BT's commentary there. There's no excuse that he doesn't know because literally there is the excuse that he doesn't know. That <laughs> yeah, is, which was the is, excuse. Yeah, that is the excuse that he does not know. And in the rules, the excuse is fine that he does not know. They pay does not knows all the time. Like, yeah, especially on that specific decision when someone kicks the ball away when a free has been paid. Yeah, and also in the rules, the rule isn't kicking the ball away. The rule is um, wasting time. Right. Time wasting, right? And there's no way that that was done in an effort to waste time, right? It was clear. We all know. So the AFL would even have to come out and say, we don't want players to celebrate like that at the end of the game. And I think that would be taking something away from the game. Yeah. Like you think of it a greater game. Do we want to say to players never like celebrate by kicking? I love when a player you know, runs into an open goal and tries to kick it into the third row. It's still a fun part of the game to me. Someone gets to take a That's our slam dunk row, almost, right? isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. And the idea that he heard the siren go, I love the people who've like subruder footage, like Oliver Stone on this shit, where they're trying to separate when the whistle was blown, when the siren was heard, as if that's also how the player's ears work. Like there's absolutely no way that that player in that scenario, in that situation, 
what he was doing was hearing the siren, celebrating the end of the game by kicking the ball into the crowd. So even if at its most generous, he wasn't time-wasting because there isn't any time to waste. Once you're at that point, it's not like you're running down a clock. There is literally that free kick left to play. That's all you have time for. So there's, do you think, it, I mean, here's what I would say. I love that Matt Stevick came in and was like, common sense, because mm. it is common sense. And the way that I think it's common sense is, what would have been a bigger controversy? This little bit of chat we've had around this, or if Richmond, who did not deserve to tie that game in the end, I don't think, I think the better team like won in the end, um, get a, a dodgy free kick for something that shouldn't be a free kick and then like they kick a goal is that that's a bigger controversy well sure, not sure. only that but they kick the goal and it's a draw so it's not yeah. even a satisfying conclusion like it would have been a controversial decision that led to an unsatisfying outcome so it would have been the worst possible scenario for unless for the afl came out and they said because the richmond players clearly if you're saying that the game is still in pro Okay, so if the argument is to be made, and I've heard it be made by a few people this week that uh, this weekend there's there was still a second left in the game. So what BT was saying, that's a free kick because there's still a second left in the game. Well, if that's a free kick, then guess what is also a reversal free kick? The level of dissent that the Richmond yeah. players showed at the end of the game. So if you're logically playing this out, that anything that happened in that period of time fits into that one second... Yes, they can get paid the free kick and 50-metre penalty, but they also would have had to get paid a reversal on descent. So regardless, the Swans end up with the ball and they win the game. I mean, that's Your Honor, the issue. I'm no fancy big city lawyer, <laughs> and i got to be honest, I'm not sure even how I got into this room, but I feel like I have argued this well. That is the issue, though, around all of this stuff, though, right. is the problem with the how you officiate our game is some things are common sense decisions and other things are to the letter of the law mm -hmm. and the dissent rule i think the reason it's not working is they haven't nailed whether it's a common sense mm -hmm. thing or a letter of the law and brad scott's coming out hard on letter of the law which i think is wrong like i i feel like deliberate has been a controversial you know or um insufficient att yeah. attempt to keep it in play has been a controversial decision but it pales in insignificance to dissent if they release the shackles a bit and just allow the umpires to get a feel for the game. Common 100 sense. 100% needs to be common sense. Because yeah. sometimes the player has a legitimate right to gripe and that should yeah. be taken into account. Like if the umpire's made like a 50-50 call or like maybe hasn't seen something or like, you know, whatever, there's that moment. Yeah. I think it should be legitimate for the umpire to be able to go, you know what, I'd be a bit mad in this situation as well. As long as he doesn't call me an absolute fucking cunt, then yeah. like, I'll let him ride on this one. And you see them already do that with the champion players. Like mm. you've, I've noticed that absolutely they will receive feedback from somebody who's a more experienced or higher profile player than they will from somebody who's lower down the rung. They, so I think it absolutely should be discretion. I'm of yeah. the opinion that we cannot ever absolutely officiate this game correctly, right? It's impossible to... Impossible. If you paid all Too the many moving parts. If you pay all the free kicks, that's not a good game. If you like only pay 20 free kicks, then people complain about all the free kicks that didn't get paid. So many rules are already open to interpretation. I think we are getting frustrated constantly about something that we can never change. The mm. only thing that we can change is our attitude to it. I think yeah. we should embrace it. I think we should just be like, yeah, ours is a game 
we're like we've got an oval ball that bounces in different directions and it is officiated intuitively and we get the best selection of umpires and we get them to do the best job they can do on the night and then we all go all right they had a crack at like that was how it was officiated tonight and that's how the game was played tonight and that is part of our game it is in this idea that we will have uniformity of experience about a game that just isn't uniform in any way is we're only mad it's we're mad at some we're mad at the tide it's coming in every day it's gonna keep fucking coming in <laughs> like the thing that we can do is just stop being mad at the tide now well let's move over to your boys the bulldogs big big record setting win in yeah. the west uh they've snuck in to the eighth position on the ladder mm -hmm. is this part of bevo's plan has he decided that last year they left the bottom boy run yeah. too late so now his plan is, okay, we've got into the bottom half of the eight. We just entrench ourselves here. So we'll win a few, lose a few mm. for the rest of the year, as long as we get like even numbers of wins and losses. And then we start our assault from eighth again. I think we mostly play, I mean, you know, this is the thing about being, finishing towards the top of the ladder, is that it means your next season's draw is, you know, you get Tough a harder up. draw. You, so you don't play, you don't have as many easy kills. And um, so, you I think we played Geelong twice this season, you know, the whole bunch of like, I think from the run home, we mostly play top eight teams. And I think absolutely what you're saying, this is just how Pepper likes it. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like got to like, you know, lose a few early on, make them work their way, you know, into eighth position. Like no, everyone's taking their eyes off the Bulldogs. No one's talking they about have. the Bulldogs being a legitimate premiership threat now. And so the bottom boys have just got to stay around the bottom of the eight. They're playing <laughs> top teams. So like beat a cup, like a lot of eight point games, you know? So mm. you don't actually have to win every game. This is great for bottom boys because like you can be going up the ladder slightly, but like keeping in it by winning an eight point game. If they lose and you win and vice versa, it's great. So we're going to hide in plain sight at the bottom of the ladder around like, yeah, somewhere between 10th and 6th for the rest of the season and then try to... Well, to lull the in. competition into a false sense yep. of confidence, you, I think you can continue to beat the teams above you, but you must lose to the teams below you in true Bulldogs fashion. You've got to beat like Frio one week yeah. and then lose to Adelaide the next week. Like that's how the Bulldog, that's the Bulldogs method. I know, but our problem is going to be, I'm not sure we're playing a lot of people below us on the run home. <laughs> oh no, what a bummer. a real flaw in our plan. <laughs> Bevo was very restrained in his press conference. Yeah. I liked it. Like he was not spitting fire this time. Wasn't complaining about, we'll fucking even up with you, mate. We know what you did. Don't yeah, worry about it. There's a horse's head getting delivered to your bed mate how could he complain i watched that game and i actually felt bad for west coast I was like, and i know you shouldn't like, i know you should not feel bad for west coast but i don't actually you know what was weird about it was because we didn't have anywhere near our best team in and like mm. english was back after a couple of weeks you know including a stint in hospital he was great though he played so well which was fantastic but no bailey smith and you know like bont's still either injured or like they're just playing him you know out of position or whatever but the bulldogs had 16 different goal kickers like 16 yeah. that's like that's embarrassing to the other <laughs> <laughs> embarrassment of riches it felt embarrassing like when alex keith kicked his second yeah, goal multiple i was like this is this is poor this is poor that's poor west coast 
Well, speaking of teams who are struggling at the moment, the Roos had a horror week last week. Not only did they have those three recruiting staff walk out on them, but then the, the coach is fronting the media on multiple occasions to kind of dispute stories that have been written about them. Um, I'm not sure if you heard this, but Boomer Harvey uh, jumped on RSN to do an interview. And oh. I don't think he was helping their cause with an analogy he decided to use. If someone dropped a bomb on Melbourne... Uh, there'd be two things that would be that that would survive it. It's cockroaches and the North Melbourne Football Club, and, and it feels exactly the same. It feels exactly like that. <laughs> I know the point he was trying to make. What was the point that he was trying to make exactly? <laughs> you can you just walk me through the point that he was trying to make? In the uh, in the in the event of a nuclear holocaust, <laughs> when there is no other competition around, that's when the the ruse will really come into their own. Yeah. When there's literally no other teams to compete that with, that doesn't seem like. I still think that a couple of weeks they'll be beaten by a team of cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, if Tassie get that license, yeah. maybe that's what they should the be. The Tassie cockroaches. I mean, that sounds more like when Far North Queensland brings in a team, the cockroaches. Like you know, you don't get a lot of. Yeah. Yeah. cockroaches down in Tassie, I think. You totally should. Yeah, the, look, the, the, the ruse, it's it's a world of hurt. And I had the same experience watching the Saints game that you did because we put it away very early and it was just very perfunctory after that. But it's not like, you know, I don't have a long memory. I know what it's like to suck. But you just got to wonder, you know, watching that game, Richmond and Sydney, and then, you know, the Carlton Pies game, like, I got a bit frightened by how loud the crowd was because I'm so used to watching Saints games where we will average maybe like twenty to 30,000 people. And then hearing 80,000 people at the G, I thought there was something wrong with my TV. There was so much kind of background. I'm going, what is that background noise, that roar, that rumble that's coming? Oh, oh that's what a crowd sounds like. How do you keep the Ruse fans engaged? Like, how do you... I think Saints fans, we're just so used to it. We're used to being you know, bad. So we will tough it out when we're, you know, bottom of the ladder winning four games of the year. But for Roos fans, I know that they haven't, you know, they're not a big club, but they do have reasonably high expectations. How do you keep them coming to games now? Well, Ben Amafio said that um, Wayne Carey was welcome back at the club. If he had thoughts on the club, he was welcome to come back down. Maybe they should, like, Wayne Carey Bring the king back? Bring the king back. <laughs> the return of the king. Friday night footy. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, okay, so when we were doing our Instagram live, I did say that like maybe North Melbourne should be trying to be the absolute hipster suburban club. You know, like really yep. be, like use the fact that they don't have the same resources as other places, not as a disadvantage, but as an advantage. So yep. like make everything minimalist. Like, make it yep. a good thing that they don't train on the same fancy equipment as everybody else does. Like, down at the at Arden Street, at the cafe, that they, I assume they have, like, a club cafe down at Arden Street that people can Yeah, the Cockroach to. Cafe. The cock- <laughs> <laughs> no health and safety officers have ever been through there. It's just crawling. <laughs> um, okay, well, well, how about this then? What about nuclear holocaust is there a chance that we need to get someone involved in north melbourne to steal some like uranium rods or whatever you know kind of bring on a nuclear holocaust oh what about peter dutton peter dutton doesn't mind you know sort of like you know going chest out to to foreign powers maybe you just get peter dutton to kind of like 
uh, like challenge North Korea to, to to bomb Australia, just drop a nuclear bomb on Australia. In that way, the Roos can finally win a game. Um, I wonder if he supports an AFL team. Does D- Peter Dutton? He's a Queenslander. I doubt it. Well, or maybe the Lions, right? If he, let's see, let's see, Peter Dutton. Uh, uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't say that he has an AFL team uh, that I can see immediately. Well, maybe he could. Is there a chance that North Melbourne... No, nah, because it's not really a Liberal Party suburb, North Melbourne, is it? So No, it goes against your yeah. hipster kind of like from the street. They, they've got to be the opposite. They've got to go more for like an anarchist political party. Okay, yeah, all right. Well, maybe that is the direction that we're talking... Well, okay, what about the legalised marijuana party? Did very, oh, yeah. They did very well in the election. Like, got Get a- dimmer, poach dimmer poach from dimmer. the Tigers. Okay, <laughs> this is North Melbourne. We decide that we are going to become because it's legalized now, medicinal cannabis. So they get yeah. themselves a big medicinal cannabis like sponsorship. Sponsorship as part yeah. of it, they just wheel up a big truck full of green, post money and yeah. marijuana to Dimmer's place, yeah. like that old like you know dump truck full of shit that was dumped outside Punt Road. But it's just yeah. like the, the the sticky icky, and they lure yeah. him over to North Melbourne, and they become yeah. I love it. And you and you start branding strains of weed after legendary, like, you know, Ruse players, like smoke some Wayne Shimmer Bush. Oh, I mean, <laughs> come know? on. Take flight with some Malcolm Blight. <laughs> <laughs> I like this a lot. Because this is the world. This is an emerging world. Like, it has been legitimized. Like, we have literally a coach in the... AFL now who is using it in American sports they are now having a lot of exemptions for the players being able to be treated by medicinal cannabis and so there's exemptions to the drug use and so how about that because imagine that's your recruiting tool the AFL say (laughs) that we understand in this league that there are people who want to use medicinal cannabis what we can't do is an entire like league-wide every club gets to like you know but what we've decided to do is that we're going to put together a team of people who need medicinal cannabis and they will all be able to use medicinal cannabis together because we don't want to introduce other people into that world if it's not not their sort of world how many like i mean i think they'd be able to recruit some good players right based on that (laughs) principle well it'd be interesting to see like just like they're expunging uh, you know, the records of, of people have been uh, convicted of minor drug offences. Yeah. If anyone who's been banned from playing Aussie rules for a minor drug infringement, like maybe you get Willie oh, Rioli. Man. He comes over and starts playing for North you Melbourne. You know what North Melbourne It's need? like, mate, a Rioli. you embrace, we embrace they you. They need yeah. a Rioli. <laughs> Everyone and gets a Rioli. You know what? And this, what better way to get Willie Rioli than being the medicinal <laughs> cannabis club? <laughs> this, I mean, that's a guy who has experience not only on the field, but off the field with the program. So, no, I think this is absolutely 100% the direction the North Melbourne should be going in, is um, do, a deal with, do a deal with the medicinal cannabis club. Like, I mean, then, like, imagine you sign up to a North Melbourne membership, you also get yourself, like, a half-price consultation with a medicinal cannabis doctor. Yeah, a free Wayne Shimmerbush. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> way out the door. Your first Wayne Shimmerbush is free. <laughs> <laughs> Now, well, the D's uh, finally uh, lose so a game. So the CBD um, infused shinbone spirit. That's what. Oh we yes. Do. 
little, put it under your tongue with some peanut a butter. A little tincture of <laughs> to infuse shin bone spirit. I want to vary for North Melbourne. I'll come over. Josh Earl can be a Western Bulldog supporter. <laughs> Uh, the D's finally uh, brought down uh, by the team that you jumped off last oh, week. Nice. After two losses in a row, you jumped off Fremantle. Um, by the way, this moniker of Flagmantle, as someone, I know you hate poor wordplays, as you've demonstrated many times with Clawson and Awesome. Flagmantle, that must really grind your it gears. Does. Um, but uh, they got away with it. His, his, Matt, his, the flag pies, one, yeah, I'll, the flag I'll pies. grant you the no, flag, flag pies, pies is, makes sense. Yeah, fine. Yeah. No, you know what they are. They're going to be at the end of the season, the only, um, well, at the end of the regular season, the only team that has a 100% record at the MCG based on this because I think it was their only <laughs> game at the MCG. But also, like, the fact that they've beat Melbourne at the home of Melbourne and this season is mm. all about who can beat Melbourne, I'm going to pitch them this one. Okay. MCG mantle. Because it's all about <laughs> the fact that they have, yeah, you know it. what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 we're MCG mantle because take us yeah. to the home of football and we will be, yeah, we'll be there in the last yeah, day in we September. Will, we will fuck your wife in your own house. We are MCG <laughs> mantle. Let's but work what on happens, that slogan, guys. But <laughs> what happens if there's another like crazy COVID variant and suddenly the grand final's not played at the MCG? No games are played at the MCG. Works Does at SCG ruin... mantle. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Gabba mantle doesn't no, work. Really. No. Optus Stadium mantle no. doesn't work. No, look. <laughs> it worked out of two out of six grounds. Well, that's still better than flag mantle. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of flag mantle, it was a, a great opportunity to see the Battle of the Brayshaws. Um, Andrew was interviewed after the match, and this is what he had to say. We always love when siblings can either play together or play against each other. A little bit of a fight for the parents' love, and you've come up on top. How do your parents get through these weeks as well? Um, I'm pretty sure mum has a scarf that's one half Melbourne and one half Frio, so she wore that today. Uh, this is the first time I've beaten Angus, so um, <laughs> he's driving me home tonight, actually, so I'll be rubbing it in for sure. <laughs> I mean, look, a lot of people focused on the fact that they were driving home together. I'm more fascinated by the fact that his mum has a custom-made scarf that's half Fremantle. Half like, did she do that herself, or do you reckon she went somewhere to get that done? Mm, interesting. Interesting. Um, did it herself. You reckon? Well, actually, maybe it could have been a present. I can imagine that being like, you know, when you've got two boys at different clubs, somebody going, here's a nice present. I'll get you a scarf that is like half and half so you can represent the boys. Um, I I think pick a side, mum. I've got to be honest with you. I don't like it. <laughs> Gutless. <laughs> I'm surprised Kane Corns hasn't come out against this. Say, yeah. <laughs> I want to go whack at Angus and Andrew Brayshaw's mum because... Oh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Podcast mic, hit it. Look out, Cleb, you better watch your back. Will goes whack. Well, there might be two Brayshaws in the AFL who are lighting it up on the two premiership contenders. There's one Brayshaw that I want to point the finger at and his name is not JB. It is... Mrs. Brayshaw, whatever her name is. <laughs> I don't even know her name. Why won't she let the public know what her name is? Like she expects that we are going to be talking about her boys, but I have heard in one of the most gutless acts that I have ever heard of, weak, gutless, would not allow it in my family, a disappointment to the proud Brayshaw name that the AFL reveres. <laughs> Mrs. Brayshaw has a scarf cut in half, 
like some sort of old-fashioned Red Faces act where somebody (laughs) (laughs) is dressed in a tuxedo on one side and a woman's dress on the other side. Well, I'm going to say, like the great Catherine Deeve said during the election campaign, I do not like that. That is not how things should be. And scarves are made to be whole. They are not made to be half and half. So shame on you, gutless Brayshaw, whatever your name might be. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Controversial take from Will. Uh, so what do you reckon? Are you back on? Are you back on flag mantle now, or is this just a blip? Just a blip Mate, on the on the demons' radar. I watched that game again. Speaking of entertaining games, they yeah. were gone. They looked mm. like I mean, it, it would have been one two thing, goals in the first half, wasn't it? It would have been one thing if you know Melbourne just didn't turn up that day, right? Because we all expect at some stage that like Melbourne are are going to lose a game and like Frio are a really good team and they come off a couple of losses and a bit of a rocket like you know you can imagine this might be the game so if from the start it had been one of those like tight games and then like Frio get on top you'd be like yeah okay I could see how that would happen but the way this game happened was hey do you reckon we could not only try and beat this like unbeaten premiership team that literally has a player in it who's never played in a losing game of AFL football (laughs) Um, if we give him a six-goal start. Because that's basically what happened. Like, I know it wasn't Mm. exactly that, but it was, like, they were, like, Melbourne were just, like, flying. And then suddenly, Frio just came out and they were just, they were like a completely different team. And then suddenly, all those Melbourne players who just look invincible looked like ordinary AFL players again. Like, Petrarca couldn't get his hands on it. I know that he apparently was sick or something, but like Oliver went out of the game. Like, you know, Gorn got like beaten. Like Darcy was unreal, but mm. they are, uh, I mean, you know what? Fuck it. Flag mantle. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some interesting commentary yeah. over the weekend. Well, I've been toying with this idea of doing a segment that focuses on our favorite commentator, Dwayne Russell. Um, now I'm thinking he, he, he's, I'm just workshop it with yep. me. So I'm thinking like Dwayne brain, the brain of Dwayne. How about brain Dwayne? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a real brain Dwayne. This segment's called brain Dwayne yeah, where we just pick a bit of Dwayne Russell commentary. So he's a, he's one he, uh, he did from the saints ruse on the weekend. Now, I got confused when I heard him say, like, snatching a sparrow in flight. And I'm like, is that a common, like, phrase? Like, oh, like, snatching a a sparrow from flight? No, uh, I've been on Google. (laughs) It does not exist. I found a very disturbing Reddit page, which was, like, videos of people grabbing birds out of the air with their bare hands. Like, hunting, uh, hunting Reddit, subreddit or whatever. But it is just, like, he used it twice in the same game for two different players, snatching a sparrow from flight. Now... Look, I'm, this is not a criticism of Dwayne Russell because I I find him entertaining yeah. and, and like the hyperbole is great and stuff. But I feel like when Dennis Committee did it, it disguised it really well. He might have been fucking thinking up all these, oh, if this happens and I'll say this, if that centimeter perfect, all that kind of stuff. But with Dwayne, I feel like I can see the strings. With Dwayne, I can feel like he just, he's got a, a bag of, 
phrases he's going to spin out. And he was just waiting for someone to, to take a one-handed grab or at least grab the ball at, a, at its highest point because he wanted to get to that moment. Isn't, yeah, you know what he's like, Charlie? He's, he's like, he just like sticks out a paw and snatches a sparrow <laughs> out of the sky. <laughs> and I'm not sure if you saw the mark he was talking about. But it looked nothing like that. I mean, if you, it wasn't even that clean. Like, he basically slapped the ball out of the air. It bounced off his forehead, and then he fumbled it into his lap. It wasn't this, like, graceful kind of cat-like reflexes. It was kind of like a clumsy half-falcon I mark. guess that's where it comes from, though, right? Like, originally, cat-like reflexes. That's the starting point. Yeah. So he's like, this person's got cat-like reflexes. The analogy can be like a cat. So like, but he didn't really even just say the whole, like I would have said like, you know, sticks his paw out like a cat snatching a sparrow from the sky. It needed a little bit more information. You're like, why has he got paws? What's happening now? Is he playing in big paw gloves? Is that allowed in the AFL now? I don't know what's going on. Um, So Dennis Cometti used to apparently have a whole bunch of those things preloaded. Like, you know, like, but... Cork in the ocean. But the big goes in, uh, yeah, what was it? Goes in optimistically. Oh, optimistically, comes out misty, comes optically. Out misty optically. Um, yeah. But the great skill of Dennis was that just because he had, he was, he was, he was willing to walk away with one in his pocket and wait for another day. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't. It, it wasn't burning a, a misty optically. Wasn't burning a hole in his pocket. And he was just like, I've got to get this in. Will some fucker just go into a pack because I've got this really clever thing to say and I really want to say it. If nobody went in optimistically and came out misty optically, he would not like try to just jam it into something that wasn't like that. Whereas Dwayne, it feels like, like has one of the week. Like Dwayne on the way to the game has seen some cat killer bird and gone, fuck, great. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that today twice, regardless of the circumstance. Well, you know who was having a bit of a shocker was uh, uh, Brad Johnson. Um, oh, no. uh, he was doing uh, the game on Sunday. Uh, it just gets a little bit tongue-tied here. This Hill-Sinclair combination, it's been, it's been good for quite a while now, but... In particular today, 29 disposals each, 713 metres gained for Hill. For Sinclair, I should say, 612 for Hill. I finally got that out. <laughs> don't know if you did, John, by the way. <laughs> I'm glad you think you got it out, but I do not think you got it out. I've listened to that clip three or four times, and I still don't quite know what he's trying to say. There's something about meters gained. There's something about numbers. It is incredibly, incredibly it confusing. It definitely feels like information we could not have lived without. Now, Will, at the risk of, of turning this podcast into a Media Watch podcast, there was another thing that struck me about the commentary over the weekend. Just to see, um, I, I listened to this bit of commentary from, uh, from, from Dwayne Russell. Fans at wide, he knew he had Hill out there holding his width. Okay, and then a, a bit later uh, during the Carlton Pies game, uh, Nick Revolt's doing a bit of commentary at quarter time, three quarter time. So as much as a winger, you, you get tempted to get sucked into the congestion because you want to get the ball. This is the advantage as a winger of holding your width and actually just running up and down your lane, as you said, Eddie. And he was. And I'm like, okay, holding the width. And then I'm watching Essendon and Port, and Brownie chimes in with this. Yeah, well done. Important the wingers hold their width, especially in the wet weather. More often than not, players, the, the longer the scrimmage happens, players get sucked into the contest. So it's very important the wingers hold their width. Trent Jimmons, one of those wingers. 
Now, I don't know about you, Will, but I don't feel comfortable having three different men telling me to hold my wig. It does feel like that's an inside joke. And they've decided, I reckon I can get holding my width into the commentary this week. And they're all like, all right, 50 bucks for every time you can say holding your width because Jono backs over it. That's the thing. Like the other two just drop it in once. But like Jono's like, nah. He, he drops it twice. you got to hold your width. <laughs> I don't think I was aware of that term until this no. weekend, but it did get me thinking that like, it's kind of a sexy term. Like, maybe it needs a bit of a remix. So as much as a winger, you, you get tempted to get sucked into the congestion because you want to get the ball. This is the advantage as a winger of holding your width, holding your width. They're holding his width. What the wingers hold their width? <laughs> I mean, is holding your width better than holding your girth? <laughs> I think it is. got to be honest with you. I mean, they're basically the same thing, I guess. But, like, I prefer width. I'm glad that like I'm glad that Jono isn't like you know what you can see the wings doing here is they're holding their girth. You've really got to, particularly in the wet, you've got to make sure you hold your girth. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we'll go out of that very seedy segment into everyone's favourite segment, the pocket profile. Oh fuck, I get this wrong every time. The player prop, the the pocket profile pocket. Whether it's Jake Lloyd or Tony Lockett, it's time for Pocket Profile Pocket. And uh, as you can hear in the theme song, whether it's Jake Lloyd or Tony Lockett, we're going to go, like Tony Lockett, to another vintage okay. Pocket Profile. We're going to go to Gary Ablett Sr. Now, legend of the game, um, but a bit of a enigma, even when he was playing, definitely after he played. I mean, it so even surprises well you... me that like Gary Ablett that they managed to... Submitted? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to a profile? Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like... Have you, you've read this through, right? You normally read them through beforehand. Yeah. So do yeah. you get the sense that these answers were provided by Gary Ablett Sr.? Or yes. do you believe that someone down at the club has just filled it in for him? No, no. This Well, actually, I mean, I can't say for certain, but this was done in 1985. So this is pre-superstar Gaz. Okay. This is... You know, first couple of years, Gary Ablett. So he's not he's not the he's not God okay. at this stage. But it's a there are some there are some interesting answers around here that I'm sure we can get into. All right. So let's start with an easy one. Uh what is his name? Uh Gary Ablett. Correct. <laughs> Off to a good start. At that stage, what club his name he... is now Gary Ablett Senior. But at the yeah. time his name was Gary Ablett. Uh Actually, before we um, go, go further, I, f- I forgot to mention. So uh, last week we did the big dog, Rowan Marshall from St Kilda. And um, Tappy, a listener, wrote in to say, boys, I decided to keep score on the pocket profile uh, of Rowan Marshall. So I gave Will a goal for every correct answer, a rush behind where Charlie basically gives the answer to okay. Will, and an out of the full for a wrong answer. So Will's final score was 12 goals, eight behinds, 80 points, with six out on the full. Well, you know what? So... We'd take that at the Bulldogs. <laughs> I'd be right. Yeah, I was going to say it's a very Bulldog score. <laughs> well, the eight behind, six out on the full is very in keeping with the Bulldogs. You had more scoring shots that weren't goals. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so back right. to to Gaz. Uh, you, you two for two. It's a good start. This is interesting. Where do you think he was playing in 1985? What was his best position? Oh, what position? Okay, so. I'm, I'm going to guess it wasn't forward at that stage. Like if, we, if It is. I'll give you that. Okay. It is where right. in the forward line. 
We know where he ended half. up when he was God status, but where yeah. did he start? Probably as a half forward then. I'm Correct, saying. half forward. This is good. Yeah, maybe this is maybe this I is. I saw strength. him kick like sixteen. <laughs> I saw him kick like sixteen goals from the wing like one day. So it doesn't surprise me that he was like a attacking half forward. Um, okay, uh, what year was he born? I won't ask. So it was the first of October. What year? Ooh, okay, interesting. Um, so when I'm a kid and I'm watching, I'll give you the decade. How Gary about that? Yeah, no, that's a, yeah. Oh, you think you know? No, I'm. Uh, no, no, I'm going to try to work it out. I'm going to try to use some of my uh, pocket famous profile pocket <laughs> logic, <laughs> right? So, eighty-five. He's already like on an AFL list. He's already at Geelong. I'm guessing by nineteen eighty-five. Mm-hmm. So he didn't start at Geelong. So he's got to be at least in his early twenties at that stage. I would have thought. So, I'm going to say. He was, that means 85, 75, 65, 64, 63, 64 or 63 probably, I'm going to say. 1964. 61. He was 24. Really? Yeah, I know. That surprised me as well. Mm. Um, Where was his place of birth? Uh, Okay, here's my clue. Uh, Um, If you met an anxious seagull, you might describe it like this. I met an anxious <laughs> seagull. I might you might describe, describe him it. or describe it like this. Describe it was an anxious seagull. seagull like this. Mm, interesting. Good clue in that it will. I'm sure it will be a good clue once <laughs> I know what the answer is and it makes sense. An anxious seagull. What would this seagull be anxious about? Um, well, more the point, what do anxious people do? They... Um, uh, what do anxious people do? I mean, lots of things yeah. is the actual answer to that. So. What, 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 are, what are some uh, mental things? Worry? Yeah, correct. What, do they worry? Yeah. Okay. So it's a... War- oh, Warrigal. Warrigal. Yeah, okay. You're right. That is a good clue. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rush behind. Under <laughs> the new scoring system. How tall is Gaz in the old uh, in the old measurements interesting like he wasn't tall tall definitely shorter than you i'll give you that yeah but i would have thought he would have been six foot six um, foot one and three quarters yeah um i, I had i hadn't finished okay so sorry that's fine <laughs> that was my kind of i was on the way i was okay. like i would have thought that he was at least six foot and then i was gonna but i was not gonna say six foot one and three, three quarters. quarters regardless of what my answer was so i guess probably i wasn't gonna get it okay what was his weight in the old school stone and pounds mm, i don't even know what, i don't even know what these don't, equate don't to know. Wouldn't even know how to get it. <laughs> yeah, 14, 14 stone, two pounds. Oh my Okay, God. you know what? Before we can Google, because it's easy enough to Google what that is. Yeah. But in fact, Podcast Mike, can you Google what 14 stone, two pounds is in kilos? But I'm going to guess in kilos. I'm going to say he was 86 kilos. Yeah, I, I was going to pitch him at 85. Let's see who's closer to the pin. Yeah, okay. So we can find out. Uh, so do you want me to just tell you? Yeah. Yes, please. Okay. It's uh, 89. Oh, 89. 89. Jeez, he was oh, a big okay. boy for a, for a winger half forward. Uh, okay, yeah. so what uh, club was he recruited from? This is a little bit of trivia that you might be aware of. Oh, really? Yeah. So he started um, another uh, club. Oh, yeah, Hawthorne. Hawthorne, correct. I do know that, yes. Uh, what year? I thought you were talking like the Warrigal Seagulls or something. <laughs> 
<laughs> they probably are the seagulls. What is the name? Podcast Mike, you're doing a lot of work this episode, but tell me what the name of the local Warrigal football team is. Because that, that'd have to be the gulls, wouldn't it? Warrigal, you'd think so. Um, I'm going to say it's either that or the Warrigal like Warriors or the Warrigal Wombats or the Warrigal... Oh, yeah. It could be. Wackadoos. But I would love if they were the Warrigal, like if they literally had a worried seagull on their crest. <laughs> just like wrinkled brow, just rubbing its chin. Real, real concern. Yes, Mike. It is the gulls. It is. Yes. All right. There we go. And they do have like a concerned, I'll share my screen. It does sort of look like a concerned seagull. If you can make this picture out. <laughs> Oh, he looks kind of cocky. I'm not sure he looks too concerned. His chest is out. Yeah. He look he looks pretty. Yeah, but that might be false bravado to cover up the fact that he's really anxious inside. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, yeah. Okay. He, he played at Hawthorne. Okay, so um, uh, well, how many games did he played to 1985? Okay, all right. Um, I'll give you a hint, I, actually, and this yeah, this is hint. not going to make it any easier. He only started in round one in '84, so he's. So we don't know what stage of, of 85 this was conducted. Okay, so not many then, 12, 12 games. No, no, no. He's done a full year and then at some point. Oh, yeah, but I thought he perhaps hadn't played like every game in that first No, no, because when we get same. to his football honours, it's quite extraordinary for a guy who's played this many games. <laughs> um, okay, Higher. so he's played 26 games. Higher. 29 games. Lower. <laughs> 28 games. Lower. Okay, that's not even a rush behind. <laughs> 27 games. But get, check this. All right, okay. Uh, well, guess. Guess his football on is in 27 games. So he's been playing okay. for a year and a half. Mm. And he has three football honours. Just tick them off. Uh, Geelong, Best and Ferris. Correct. Uh, one that All does, Australian? One, All Australian, correct. And then there's another one that's kind of a bit outdated now. They don't do it anymore. Oh, um, it used to be a big honour. Not so much. Most courageous. No, no, it's but it's more of a, a an NRL thing now. Oh, okay. Um, What's the biggest game? The in the State, NRL, of State of Origin. State of Origin. Best player he played, in the State of Origin. He played. Well, he just played State for Victoria. But that's amazing. Twenty-seven games. So that means he must have won his best and fairest in his first year as a cat, yeah. and then was an All Australian. Like. I mean, imagine if you're Hawthorne. Uh. <laughs> imagine, like. Because you can understand. Oh, poor Hawthorne. Imagine, job. how will they possibly cope after the loss of this player? God, I hope they can pull it together. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hope they find a key forward who can be <laughs> as effective. Um, yeah, no, I understand. But I mean, like normally it would take a while for a player who's on one list to go to another club yeah. and, you know, really like grow into the player that they're going to be. But the idea that he's literally gone down the road where, oh, yeah, we don't need this guy. He's no good. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's your best and fairest. <laughs> his state of origin. and like in All Australian. Australian I mean, it's pretty amazing too. Like imagine there would be some cat supporters in this first year who'd be like, ah, yeah, let's see if he can maintain it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Everyone can, everyone can have a good year. <laughs> Right. Well, that, that is how cat supporters think because that's what they've said about Chris Scott for fucking a decade. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, what was his marital status in 85? Hmm. Interesting. Don't really know much about uh, Gary Ablett's... Well, I know more than I need to know about Gary Ablett's life, to be honest. Mm. But uh, um, I'm going to say he might have been someone who got married reasonably young because um, he certainly had like... How old are the boys... Uh, maybe he's not married yet. He's, I don't know. We said he was 24 or something, right? Uh, I'm going to just take a punt and say that he might be married. 
He is not. He's single. Yeah. Uh, okay. How many brothers and sisters does he have? Mm. And he has I know both. There was like, yeah. So there was Jeff Ablett, who right? played for was Hawthorne. His brother? Yep. Yeah. Um, so at least one. Uh, I'm going to say he's got. Uh, I think. Well, how about this? Another- I'll make it yeah. easy for you. So the classic Aussie uh, book, Seven Little Australians. There were seven little ablets. Yeah. What was the split of brothers and sisters? Okay, so four boys, three girls. Correct. <laughs> Did you know that, or was that just a good no, guess? Oh, well done. Just a, well, just a guess. All right. I'm not sure it was a good guess. It was a lucky guess. Okay, what school did he attend? And it's not Warrigal High. I'll give you a clue. If Joey from Friends was to use his famous pickup line on comedian Drew Carey, yeah. what would he say? Drewin. How you drewin? Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> 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 I'm so glad. There's very few people that would have followed me on that. I'm just, I, I, it's, it's either Stockholm Syndrome or you're just incredibly intuitive. I'm so glad. I was thinking about that all night. I'm like, how am I going to get Will to Druin? And then, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. We've got good connection. We're like the Cracker Brothers. It's like an unspoken. Uh, yeah, it is. Here's what I was going to say earlier. I knew, like, oh. I didn't know that to answer that. But I knew that because earlier when you asked me where he was from, the first thing that came to my mind was Druin. Right. So I must, must have known there was some sort of Druin connection. <laughs> okay. Uh, what kind of car was he driving in the 80s? And this is a real 80s car. Mm. It's a Corvette. But what model of Corvette? I don't know. Wouldn't even know how to answer that Stingray. Question. The Corvette Stingray. So he was like a, every, like him and, and Dermy and his red Ferrari, I imagine, were just cruising around Melbourne in the 80s. Just like. I mean, it was legendary that when, I think it was the Ford sponsorship, that Gary Ablett, when the car would run out of petrol, he would just like get out of the car. <laughs> Leave it. And get someone else to go and pick it up and deal with it. I'm sure he didn't do that with his Stingray. Uh, what are his fa- fa- favorite pastimes and hobbies? Um, okay, so... He lists three physical activities. One is a sport. Okay. One is a, mm-hmm. it's a sport, but it's more of a recreation. And well, two are sports, two are Olympic sports. Mm-hmm. And one is more of a recreational okay. thing. But fishing? Yes. And two are sports, yeah. Olympic sports. Two are Olympic sports. Yeah, one that Australia is very good at uh-huh. swimming. Correct. And one that we one were is... very good at. But after a recent retirement, who knows? Okay, yeah, surfing. So, uh, swimming, surfing, and fishing. Tennis, tennis. Oh. What? Yeah, he would have been a pretty good tennis player. Oh, I yeah. Gary Ablett Senior. Um, okay, what's his favorite food? Real traditional Aussie. Mm. Like, I imagine if you, got, if you went around to your mum's place, you'd have one of these cookbooks. So don't even think too hard. What's, uh, what's his favorite dinner? And then he gives, it, he gives dinner and dessert. So what, is, what does a bloke like Gary Ablett want for a dinner? Mm. Roast, roast. something? Correct. Just yeah, a roast. roast. Just a roast. Not even specifically whatever. I'm just a, but a bloody roast. Yeah, a bloody roast. And for dessert, you know, uh, used to be, SPC used to do this in a canned version. You could get a can. And my mum would have this with ice cream. Baked beans and no. stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. Homemade fruit salad. Yeah. He likes a homemade fruit salad. Yeah. Uh, Favourite drink, non-alcoholic. Uh, okay, so... Is it a like a soft drink? No. Oh, okay. Is it? Um, is he? Is it a tradie special? No. Are we talking like a? No. Oh. No, it's more a okay. um, middle middle aged lady thing. Oh, okay. A um, middle aged a cup of tea. Cup of tea. Loves a cuppa. After his yeah. 
wolf down a roast and homemade fruit salad loves it too. Okay, who's his favourite uh, musician, musical artist? Oh, An individual? Okay, good. Oh, uh, Mark Jacko Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, would be very easy to guess. Of his vintage. Yeah. Uh, Australian? No. Uh, okay, so Bruce Springsteen. No, like bigger. Oh, bigger. Oh, Jesus. Bigger than Bruce Springsteen. Bigger than Bruce. Bigger than but the boss. A male, Correct. a male artist. Potentially Michael the biggest. Jackson? No. <laughs> oh, Even Gaz knew not to, get to support Michael no. Jackson in 85. I mean, no, in 85, it was still okay to support Michael no, Jackson. No, no, but Gaz it? knew. Gaz knew what was coming. <laughs> He's God. No Omnipotent. Yeah, oh yeah, sure. Uh, no, big, um, biggest of all time, some would argue. The biggest musical artist of all time. One of the Solo big. musical yes. artist of all yeah. time. Um, Potentially the subject of a Baz Luhrmann f- film. Oh, Elvis. Elvis Presley. He's an Elvis fan. He's an okay. Elvis fan. Now this uh, next question might be hard for you to answer because famously growing up, Will had one TV channel or something in, in Hayfield. Yes. So you may be not familiar. He lists three of his favorite TV shows. Um, one is a long-running American sitcom. Mm-hmm. One is... Cheers. No. One is a British comedy. And the other one I'll just give you because I doubt it's Mike Hammer, which is like a detective show. So give me the okay. long-running American sitcom and the British comedy. I mean, I think some people would say comedy. <laughs> like it's funny to some, but... Uh, Benny Hill. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, Just Benny the- Hill. And then, so, okay, if he likes Benny Hill, what is the long-running Oh, American this is this is in a complete... This is a was a massively honoured and praised American sitcom that uh, was known for periods of being where they would do episodes which were quite... The Golden Girls. Morose, no... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think. 1980 famously ran for twice as long as the subject it was about. Oh, Mash! Mash. Okay, yeah. I don't. You know what? I don't even really think of Mash as a comedy show. I know it was, but like in my head, that I was not thinking of Mash as even being something you would consider. But that makes sense. What are his two favorite genres of movie? Mm, okay, um, uh, action. No. Well, yeah, I guess. But what specific subgenre of action? And this is an old man answer. What do old men love? Uh, Westerns. Westerns. And what's his other genre that he likes? Which is surprising. I don't know. Romantic comedies. Comedies. I'll give you that. Comedies. (laughs) I'd love it if he just said pornos. Pornos. (laughs) It's hardcore pornos. Uh, Who's the biggest influence on his career? Oh, um, this is before he, he discovered his Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, Correct. isn't it? Yeah. So um, I'm going to say his dad. Well, family, that's probably yeah. the same thing. Most admired sports... The Ablets, by the way, do have a bit of the AFL Fast and the Furious about them. Yeah. You know, it's all about cars. It's all about family. There's some complicated <laughs> issues in the backstory of the family. People have come in and come out. There's some kooky characters in the Ablett family. I mean, I'd love a Fast and the Furious movie where Vin Diesel just abandons his car in the middle of the road because it runs out of petrol. <laughs> <Run> out of <laughs> petrol. Gets, call someone from Ford to come and fix it. Uh, okay. His most admired sportsman. Um, one of the most famous athletes of all time. No longer with us. Um, oh, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Nickname? Uh, 
Because um, he's not God at that stage. Um, Gaza? Gaza. And this is interesting. I don't know if this is a typo, but they've spelt nickname N-I-K-N-A-M-E as if it's like the Greek spelling of Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Nicolas name. Uh, what's his favorite ground? Uh, GMHBA Stadium. <laughs> Correct. Cadenia <laughs> Park. And his football ambition? Uh, to kick nine <laughs> goals in a losing game. <laughs> Whatever it was. Oh, it's quite um, sad. It's a bit like the Trevor Barker one. To win, a, to win the Premier. Yeah, to win a Premiership, which he never yeah. did. Played in three grand finals. Never. Played in the greatest of all grand finals and was best on ground in the greatest of all grand finals. And so Norm, did he win did, a Norm Smith in that one? Did fine. You won a yeah, Norm I Smith, guess, didn't you? Yeah, he must, must have. Norm Smith. Yeah. All right, that's the Pocket Profile Pocket for this week. Uh, let's get to the mailbag. Before we do that, we should just tell people that they can uh, listen to other great podcasts we do. We have a website called tofop.com, which is the home for all things Will and Charlie when it comes to podcasts. We've got a new episode of Tofop uh, coming out today. And uh, Will uh, did a faux fop with Justin Hamilton. Oh, did you? Did you? You were yes, last I did. Oh, good. <laughs> I did it, and it's it'll be up, and it's fun. It's very funny. We learn a lot about the sport of curling and I have been resisting this entire podcast referencing things that have happened in the AFL to things that happen in the world of curling because I we did a Wikipedia deep dive on the sport of curling and I am in love with it Charlie it turns out there is this thing called the spirit of curling and like you like it's against the rules of curling to like make fun of your opposition or celebrate when they do badly or any oh no. of those sort of things. Cheeky Jack would be terrible at curling. <laughs> Absolutely. Shocker at curling, right? Like if, if you do something really good, like the best you're allowed to do is like a polite nod right. like or maybe a, a fist bump. That, but that, that, that's literally like it's – anyway, listen to Fun Pop. <laughs> we go deep into the world of curling. The newly obsessed world of curling that I am in. And if you listen to Tofop this week, you'll hear my story about how I managed to uh, do a 10-kilometer drive without using my brakes once. It is enthralling. No, it is uh, unreal. I was on the edge of my seat. I was so nervous for you. And I knew that you'd survive it because you were telling me the story. And I was still like, I'm not sure he's going to make his way out of this. This might be the last of our cheeky adventures. Uh, if you want to uh, contact us, you can go to tofop.com. There's a little drop-down menu. Just select two guys, one cup, and you can send us some mail. Um, this is from uh, uh, Kira, who says, Hey, Will and Charlie, the big O, Oscar McInerney from Brisbane, has to be one of the most underrated media performers in the league. He was on the Raw Deal podcast recently and covered some key two guys, one cups areas. He talked about his love for the centre bounce. He gave various nicknames for Darcy Fort. He also, uh, previously, he also previously answered the question about whether he had a job before playing AFL on a, on a previous episode of the podcast. And it turns out he was a Christmas tree farmer. How good is that? Yeah, I mean, that you'd never, I mean, I don't even know how to give you a clue <laughs> to let you know that he farmed Christmas trees. I mean, here's the thing about the, you, you need a tall guy at the Christmas yes. tree, you know, farm. You want to make sure that people can put those things on the top of the Christmas trees. Uh, and Kira also thinks that the person who hosts the Raw Deal podcast is a big two guys, one cup fan as well. And I think that maybe. Uh, our podcast is getting out to the masses because a few people sent this little item to me as well. Now, this is from the footy record. I'm not sure when it was, but Podcast Mike, it might be a bit hard for you to see without your glasses, Will, but Podcast Mike, we'll do our best. Can you just share your screen with your uh, with this little spot, the difference? So in the footy record, they do their little kids corner and it's a spot, the difference. 
Will, uh, this is from a few weeks ago, I'm assuming. Um, can you spot the difference between those two images of Melbourne's players celebrating? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> you can zoom in, Mike. Enhance. Enhance. <laughs> <laughs> that is your face in Angus Brayshaw's helmet. And I thought someone has sent me this as like, oh, they've done a bit of Photoshop. No, this was right. in the actual footy record because I went and checked it. And in the clues, like when they give you the answers, it's like Angus Brayshaw's face has been replaced by comedian Will Anderson. And I can't fathom, like, why of all the faces to put under that helmet they chose yours. And then I started thinking, oh, is that me as like Neil Bullen? Is that my face to put under Neil Bullen? I started looking at it because I'm like, he kind of looks like me, but no, it's not. So now I'm offended if it is a two guys, one cup listener that they put your face on Angus Brayshaw, but I didn't get to be Neil Bullen. That's un- that's unfair. I mean, yeah, how do you make that decision? Is it just that you're looking for faces that fit the angle that his head was at? Maybe that's the only thing, right? Like, but um, I mean, I'm I wish that I'd been at the footy just reading the footy record <laughs> and just flipping through and just gone. That's Am me, I Angus Brayshaw. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mum. Sorry about those mean things I said earlier in the podcast about your scarf. Uh, just one final bit of mail. This is from Nate, who says, uh, uh, "Hey, Will and Charlie, just trying to let you know about the success." Is that someone rubbing it in, by the way? Because I'm a Bulldogs fan. Is that what? Oh, that maybe. Is? Because I'm like a prominent Bulldogs supporter, and like obviously I beat the Bulldogs in the grand final. Is it funny? Do they? Th- do they think that's funny, do they, Charlie? Yeah. Do they think that, do I amuse you? <laughs> Am I some fucking comedian? Yes, you are, as a matter yeah. of fact. That's your job. Comedian Will Anderson. <laughs> uh, this is from Nate, who says, just writing to let you know about the success of the addition of chorizo pasta to the menu of my catering business. Oh. I've never included it before, to be honest, because it's a bit naff. But as a fan of Do Guys One Cup, I made it part of a lunch buffet for a laugh one day. It got rave reviews. It was the most popular item we served. And I must admit, it's pretty delicious. And I definitely see the attraction for a young football player. Thank you, Matt Rowell. You are a culinary champion. I know. How about that? I think Matt Rowell already. And it's, I mean, Gold Coast. We didn't really even talk too much about Gold Coast. But they were brutal. I watched that game and they... Mm were just magnificent Gold Coast. And like, you know what I love is that Raul doesn't, isn't the star. You know, he is just part of that team. The grunt. Cannot, like it's contractually obliged that people mention how tough he is. Yeah. Regardless of the situation in the game or whatever he's doing, he will always look at him standing three outside that pack in a tough way. <laughs> like it does not matter what he's doing. They will just mention how tough it is. But I love, that's what I love about Matt Rowell. It's a combination of he like, he's like this 50 year old man in a 20 year old's body, mm. but then he's plays with his aggression. It's like Lenny of mice and men. It's like, uh, does he know his own strength? <laughs> like if, if when he chases the ball, does he know he's going to like barrel guys over to get the ball? Yeah. Careful, Matt, you're going to kill that man. <laughs> Uh, we've got some other messages here. This has been sent to our Twitter and our Instagram, which okay. is at two guys, one cup AFL. Um, okay. So this is from Mork who says the Bulldogs have found themselves in eighth. Is it too early to start planting seeds for Bevo's bottom boys? We sort of touched on that, but I think, uh, no, never too early for Bevo's bottom boys. Is it? No. Well, I mean, we always need to be at the bottom though. This is the thing. So we fucked it up halfway through the third quarter when we got on top in the grand final, it was too early to get on top. Bev, it's haunted Bevo for months. 
that, <laughs> that, that he left the run. He mistimed that run. Uh, and this year, he's not going to fuck it up. He's going to make sure that every single week, there is a chance that we won't make it. That's the only way <laughs> to ensure performance. Uh, April says, Lee Montagna giving Isaac Haney a serve on first crack is a bit rough. Doesn't he realise how pretty he is? I'm not sure if you saw this, but Joey was doing a bit of a, not, not, not quite Kane, but he's delving into Kane territory about weapons. He was saying Isaac Haney's only played two good games this year. A lot of people are talking about him as an All-Australian, but if you look at his stats, he actually has only played two good games for the year. How do you feel about that? If you judge Isaac Heaney on his stats, they're never going to look impressive. Like, I do think that it's what he does with the ball or his capacity to turn a game that... But I would say he isn't All-Australian. No, I don't think he's in All-Australian form. I think he's had a couple of games that were All-Australian style, but I've seen him play a couple also where he was fine without being spectacular. Uh, Machito Owens Fan Club says, I'm not sure if you caught it, but Dwayne Russell called Gresham Jade Aggression. What are some other players whose names could be swapped for one of their playing traits? I, uh, for example, Isaac Heaney could be Isaac Cleaney. Oh, yeah, okay. That's pretty good, actually. I think Josh Battle, like, he, Josh Battle plays like his name. He's always got his head bandaged up. He's always going into battle. So he'd be battle-hardened, Josh Battle-hardened. Yeah, that's good. I like that, too. Is there any other? Rory Lobb? <laughs> you lob it up to him? Yeah, you just lob it up to him. That's pretty good. You're good at this. <laughs> uh, Jeremy says, my wife thinks Lockie Neal looks like Harry Styles. If you were to form a boy band out of AFL players, who would it be? Well, fucking Baz Lenka, definitely. He's, he's in the boy yeah. band. He's a hot one. Yeah. Who else would be in the boy band? I like Lockie Neal, though. He feels like the older, more experienced. He's the guy I'd go on to have a solo career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Jay Gresham with his waxed eyebrows would look not out of place in a boy band. And he's short. He's kind of cute. He could be the cute one. Yeah, I agree. Um, you need one that like, yeah, is like taking care of his appearance, Gresham style, I think. And then there's... The, 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 the eyebrows could be his hook even. <laughs> I can imagine like girls in the audience like, you know, like, you know, getting their eyebrows done like Jade's eyebrows. Yeah. And, yeah, I feel like that would be good. And then, then there's got to be someone who's only in there because his brother's in the band. So it's maybe yeah. like Ben Mackay or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. So Harry and Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Ave <laughs> uh, Avril wants to know, I'm theorizing that Channel 7 have set Daisy's mic at a lower volume setting as she's too good and shows up the rest of the commentary. I cannot get past it. Yeah, uh, she is so good. Like, uh, I mean, I, I understand that people get annoyed when BT talks over her. I think that's just a case of they're two different style of commentators. But I would love to see Daisy head up a commentary team at some point. Oh, and I think the reason that BT talks over the top of her is that, like, Seven, there's... So, have you watched Winning Time yet? No, you haven't. Then, no. Right? You haven't seen Winning Time. It's great. But it's great on so many different levels. But there's this thing between the commentators where like the main commentator is like talking and he's got this hand signal for basically for the special comments person to like as soon as like i need to talk again you need to shut the fuck up regardless <laughs> of whether you're in the middle of a thought or not right yeah. and in the past that's just been what those boundary writers have been doing it'll be like bt let's just go down to so and so on the boundary and you'd be like yeah bloody wet down here <laughs> slippery Back to you, BT. Like that was the standard of what the boundary rider has been for. Yeah, I'll, I'll go and ask what what's wrong with his knee. Like that's all you've been getting from the boundary rider. And then they go down to Daisy, and Daisy's like, "Well, I've been doing a series of investigations <laughs> into everything that's been going on in every position in this game, and here's what is actually going on. She's she thinks about the game so much, and so often her observations are absolutely spot on." The way that she explains them is incredibly 
um, inclusive. Like, you, mm. you know, it doesn't assume knowledge, but it is expertise. And then the game has moved on. Like, I don't think it's BT's fault that he has to jump back in and do his job. Mm. The problem is that she just, I don't think she should be in that position anymore. I no, think they've got to find her a way it, to do what she is doing in a bigger way, like, is part of the... It's the juxtaposition the of the two different styles of commentator that makes it so stark. I think, like, Howie and Daisy, with Nick Revolt as special comments, yeah. would be a good... They're all kind of cerebral. Like, Howie does enough of the kind of, like, hyper stuff that gets you yeah. excited. But he's also a good analyzer of the game. And Revolt, I think, also has that good insight. And then, like, Daisy just with... I'd like to see Daisy and Howie as the two lead commentators with Rue as a special comments person. Make it happen, Channel... Seven Foxtel, wherever, whoever she's contracted to. Well, we might to. not need to. Do that. I mean, Howie used to be a Channel Ten person, right? If Paramount Plus came in, and suddenly went, we're going to have, like, that would be a unique offering. Like, imagine if I know Howie calls for obviously all over the place, but just say that they were able to come in and say we're going to get three games a week or whatever at Channel Ten, and what we want is like we're going to take Howie and Daisy over and make them our. Mm. BT and JB. I think that there would be people going, well, that is an offering that suits my sensibilities a lot more than what's been dished up to me on Channel on Yeah, channel and then give Will and I some wacky after the game yeah, the, comedy the game show. nobody cares about each week. <laughs> oh, no, you want yeah, us to yeah, commentate. I'm thinking yeah. more just we'll do the, like, the bounce. No, no, no. Bounce. no, 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 no. I feel like that we should be like the... North and the Port game commentators. That nobody cares about. North and Port, yeah. <laughs> Charlie and Will have got this one. <laughs> Uh, Dave says do any sides have more obvious weaknesses than these three Collingwood te uh, teams below them Frio the rain Melbourne changing their name to Nam uh, I mean Bulldogs teams below them as well that's that is definitely a Bulldogs thing um, uh, yeah Melbourne can't trust them um, on a week when they're not called Melbourne that's what I've always <laughs> clearly <said> Melbourne. <laughs> that and Stephen May getting knocked out in the first quarter I mean that might have had a bigger part of the play in it, I imagine <laughs> and Christian Petrarca having food poisoning or whatever it was yeah, wrong with so that, but it's shown us a way to beat him yeah. you've just got to knock out Stephen May I mean this is dangerous <laughs> no he's got to May. knock himself oh, yeah. out <laughs> that's true actually you've just got to get Jake Lever to knock yeah. out Stephen May <laughs> as long as that happens and Petrarca has food poisoning Melbourne are gettable uh, if they bleed you can kill him Let's just whip through these last few ones on Insta. Um, is it all downhill now from Melbourne? Says uh, Sal, Sal, uh, Sal and Kay. I mean, here's what I... No, obviously <laughs> not. But it would be nice if that did was the case for a little while, but I don't think it will be. Uh, should uh, Richmond and Dimmer sell a home game to Nimbin next year? N North Melbourne Kangaroos, mate. The Nimbin Kangaroos. <laughs> we uh, play an away game... We get the medical cannabis down to North Melbourne. We play one away game. We sell a game to Nimbin every year. Tesla Fox says, Will once said the dogs are a team of guys off the street. Is that now more appropriate for the Eagles? Yes. I mean, literally, yes, literally. they're just grabbing. <laughs> I mean, I flew into WA last week and there was a recruiter ready to sign yeah. me up as I stepped off the plane. Yeah, they just go down to the nightclub and they just round blokes up. <laughs> no, but it was mostly there. That's the thing about the West Coast on Saturday night that I was I was looking forward to seeing a whole bunch of people that I didn't know. But instead, I saw a whole bunch of people that I did know not play very well. <laughs> uh, Duncan Wright says, the listener app is clumsier than Mason Cox without his sonnies. Can someone fix it? Yes. Your feedback yes. has been passed on. I know it's been a bit frustrating. Uh, Spoken to a few people at Listener, and yes, they are currently debugging the app. So hopefully it'll be smoother to work with from now on. A lot of people want to talk about ScoMo getting booed at the SCG. I mean, it was a great game for a lot of reasons. That was just the icing on top, wasn't it? Why, 
what was he thinking? I don't know. Like I did. Still, and you know what I, you know what I, like found amazing, was like that he looked surprised <laughs> that people were booing him. And I was like, have you not caught the election result, Tiger? <laughs> like, of all the people who knows that he's a little on the nose, did he really feel like, well, I'm not the prime minister anymore? People will be like. Too soon, mate. Yeah. Too soon. Like, why are you out showing your face in public this soon? And hats off to that one punter who managed to oh. get into the foreground <laughs> of the shot and just throw up the middle finger. Like, finger. brilliant. Like, it was a fist bump at first, and then he's like, nah, fuck it, I'm going for it. And it was just, just beautiful. Uh, like a couple Australia, more to get through. Australia. <laughs> From the absolute heights. This is how quickly... I mean, politics is a cool game. Much like AFL coaching, it can be a very cruel game, but... Like, Prime Minister one day, you're living in the fucking lodge <laughs> overlooking Sydney Harbour. And, like, three days later, you're getting... Some, somebody's throwing you the fucking finger and you're getting booed by 30,000 people. Uh, final one here from Ed. Uh, just wanted to say I used this podcast as an example of niche marketing in my BME Year 12 exam. And <laughs> I can't think of a better way to finish the show than say, yes, we are Australia's number one niche uh, a footy adjacent podcast. Uh, if you want to send us a message, you can at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we try and do our tips on the Thursday afternoon on Instagram live. Uh, like we all said last week, we did it on a Friday because our schedules didn't line up. So just keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out about that. Uh, have you got anything you need to promote before we go? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You sound like someone who works at the Kangaroos. Oh, jeez. I just want it to be over. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, okay. All right. Well, that is two guys at one cup for this week. <laughs> Play on, not 15. Well. We are two guys, one cup. Listener.